Thanksgiving Sunday needs to start and needs to stop with God at the center. Amen? And this excites me this morning to share briefly, I'm going to share a short message with you. But looking back over the week, and we discussed this as, as leaders on Thursday night, um, what excites me most about this year is that Jesus is at the center of this church, that we've said this often, that he is the head of this church. It's not up to man, it's up to him to be the head and to lead us. And I want to thank God this morning. I want to thank Jesus, and I want to thank Holy Spirit who empowered us for the work of ministry this morning. So let's open our hearts as we study together what God has done, but also an encouragement from Jesus this morning to us as we prepare for the end of this year. I thought it would be good this morning to start just with how, how Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus about thanksgiving. And it'll be up on the screen, but he said this, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Don't we as a church just love doing that? Addressing God and one another every Sunday with songs and, and psalms and, and songs and melody. And here's the reason why we do that. Giving thanks always and for everything to God, our Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The heart of thanksgiving is to get to a place where we stop and we consider what Jesus has done. And we say, again, all the glory back to you. Everything we gain is not for ourselves. It's again for his glory. That's the beauty of God is that he does give us things, but then in the end he enjoys the glory again as he has given us so many things to enjoy here on earth. This year has been all about Jesus at the center. And my prayer this morning is that we would keep him right there through our thanksgiving. I want to take a quick tour through this year and some of the highlights of what we talked about, some of our sermon series. We started this year by saying we need to simply be. Instead of being simply busy, which is the pandemic in the world out there, we need to get to a place that we declutter our souls as followers of Jesus. And one of the things we said there, it's the lightweight in the affairs of life that makes for the heavyweights in the kingdom. It's amazing how God has taken us full circle where we ended with eternity, speaking about exactly that as well. When I prepared this this morning, I was... I was just, just looking back at the this, this series, I was quite amazed. We said at the beginning of the year, if you could be lightweight in the affairs of life, you will be a heavyweight in the kingdom of God. Then we started the year with the word that God has given us for the year, the word of devotion. That we're going to seek Jesus as the head through deep devotion this year. And understanding that when we seek him as a church through deep devotion, he will do his part and demonstrate his power through dynamic demonstration. We anchored this in the Acts 2 church, the first church, the first people that gathered like us after Jesus has gone and the Holy Spirit has come to empower them and they dedicated their lives and devoted them to four things. It's the study of the word, prayer, worship, and community. And out of that, breaking of bread and celebrating Jesus, out of that, signs and wonders and adding to the house has happened because of God's doing. And we say throughout this year, let's keep Jesus at the center of everything we do. It's been a year of devotion for us. The next one was we spoke about joy and that there's joy in serving, that there's joy in being a community, 
that there's joy in the fullness of the presence of God. And we spoke about Acts 9.31 that says that the disciples continued in joy and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they multiplied. We said that fullness of joy is where the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit collide. Where we are in awe of Almighty God and at the same time He responds with His comfort over us, His children. Next up was fortress, where we trusted God for breakthrough in our lives. So we experienced breakthrough this year. Please, right up high. Let's give God a moment of honor just for that, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Fortress was about God breaking through our enemies like a flood, according to that scripture. And we spoke about our position in Christ, withstand. Because when we understand our position in Christ, we can, un- we can withstand anything in this world that comes against us. We moved on to ordinary everyday lives of worship. That was a great one. Where we studied some of the characters in the Bible and how their life of worship, ordinary lives of worship, was used in an extraordinary way by God tomorrow. An ordinary life of worship today is the foundation for an extraordinary life used by God for tomorrow. We moved on to Jonah. Anyone enjoyed that one? <laughs> Spoke about the descent of disobedience, but then the ascent of acknowledging God again. And then when we discovered God's compassionate heart for all people, even the most brutal, worst sinners, he loves deeply and dearly. We moved on from there to eternity. We asked the question, are you ready to face Jesus? What would it look like on that day? His return will be unexpected, but we can have an expectation for that. We don't have to be fearful when we think about Jesus. Eternity is all about knowing Jesus and showing Jesus to the world. And then the last couple of weeks, we spoke about what it is to invest into the kingdom of God through kingdom of Jesus. Can we just give God a shout of praise for everything he taught us this year out of his word? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I love how Jesus has been leading us and how his word was opened up to us in a new way this year. And my prayer is that we continue doing that. This morning I want to read for us to encourage us in our thanksgiving. A familiar story that you might know. And I hope that as we study it together this morning, the Holy Spirit would reveal to you again some depths in this, this story out of Luke chapter 17. It will be up on the screen. You can follow in your Bibles. I am reading from the message translation this morning. I read it in all the translations, and the message was the one that I felt is applicable to where God is leading us this morning. So let's read together Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. This is Jesus walking, and his disciples are around him. He said, It happened that as he made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered in the village, ten men All lepers met him. They kept their distance, but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have compassion on us. Taking a good look at them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. They went, and while they were still on their way, they were cleansed. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back. Shouting his gratitude 
glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful that he couldn't thank him enough. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were there not ten healed? Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to in your way except this outsider? When he said to him, get up, and then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. Context is important when we study these stories. I love how Jesus was in the borders between Galilee and Samaria, between the Jewish people and the foreigners. It displays again the heart that God has for the nations. He's always in between the borders. He's always seeking where he can bring others into his kingdom. And he was walking in that position, and the lepers formed their own community, foreigners and Jews, because they were outcast in society. They were told, you go live outside, and they formed their own community. They broke those barriers of, of racial differences, and they lived together. And what needed to happen with a leper is that you needed to stay outside of the cities. And when someone comes by, you need to put up your hand and shout, unclean, unclean, so that the passers-by can walk a distance and not catch the sickness. Because they were considered clean, uh, unclean and filthy people. And here they stood afar, it said, from Jesus, shouting as loud as they can, Jesus, Master, can you have compassion on us? Isn't that how often we approach Jesus when we feel unclean and unworthy? We stand at a distance. And I love what Jesus did here. He tested them. He looked at them for a long time, it said, intently. Can you imagine in that moment the emotion of him looking at them, the compassion he had for them, and they being on the receiving side of that, that peak right into their eyes. And he gives them an interesting commandment. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. The custom was that if you are sick with leprosy and you are cured for whatever reason, you need to go to the priests and the priests declare you clean and healed. And these guys, 10 of them started going to the priest. I can imagine the conversations they had. They might have thought, we might have been healed immediately. That was kind of weird. We, we need to go to the priest. But they started walking and they acted out on what God said. And while they were walking towards the priest, their bodies started getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner until the point that they were completely cleansed. And then one, only one turned around and said, you guys do whatever you need to do, but I'm going to run right back to Jesus and thank the author of my healing for what he has done. He ran shouting gratitude, glorifying God. What would it look like if a community of people run into this world shouting gratitude, glorifying God for every single thing he'd do in our lives, not just in a year, but every single day? Interesting that only one returned. The other nine were probably seeking the approval of the priests and their peers. Not their peers, their peers. <laughs> My name is one of those names that you can just add it to so much. Especially in Afrikaans. Anticipier. The guy says, Mutmani mani pipierni. I'm just... So I started doing it to myself after a while. But they went to the priests to go and show themselves how they can just get back into their community. But one went, to, went against the flow and said, I'm going right back to Jesus. My healing is not dependent on what the priest says, 
My healing is dependent on the word that Jesus gave me. And I'm going to go right back to where thanks is due and that is right back to Jesus. Against the tide, not running after acceptance of the people around him, but simply seeking Jesus again. And I looked at this and I'm like, God, can this be the way we live as Christians? To get the riches that you have for us and keep running back and praising you for it. Or have we become so familiar that ah, church and life group and the things we do, it's, it's expected. It's just normal part of life. I want to be like this one who every time I have an encounter with Jesus and he does something in my heart, I want to run right back to him and fall at his feet and say, Jesus, I thank you for what you've done. It would be amiss if we sit here this morning and thank one another and look at the year and say, yeah, what a great year. And that's good, but it has to end and culminate in us saying, Jesus, it's me and you again, and I want to thank you for everything you've done in my life. How rich is Christ in his showers of grace? Let us not be poor in our response of praise. He showered it upon us so much this year. He showered upon us rain this morning. I love God's providence. We were meant to have a picnic afterwards. You guys know about that? And then we get a a call from Beaumont saying, we are terribly disappointed to let you know that the fields are booked by a cricket match. So no, you can't use the fields anymore. A little bit of frustration, but then you realize, you know what? That's okay. God is in control. And there's neither a picnic nor a cricket match this morning because in God's providence, he knew that he wanted to bring rain to the Western Cape this morning. Isn't that amazing? So waking up this morning, seeing the rain, I just went... Literally on my knees, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I can go home after church and relax. I don't have to have a picnic. (laughs) But just that statement, how rich is Christ in these showers of grace? Think about everything that he has bestowed upon you this year. Yes, you might be still clinging on to him for so much. You might still be trusting him for a breakthrough. But you know what? You woke up this morning with breath in your lungs. You had something to eat yesterday. It's not by your doing. It's by the grace of God. You are in a community this morning of people who love Jesus and like to walk this road with you. Afterwards, we're going to baptize a whole lot of people. The greatest thing we could be thankful for this morning is our salvation. And then, looking back at our story, Here's probably the main difference between the nine and the one. And the only difference was their thanksgiving. The nine got healed, but the one were made whole. Because when he returned to Jesus, Jesus said, not only, not only are you cleansed from your disease, but now, because of your faith, and because you came in thanksgiving back to me, you are made completely whole. That word there says saved, redeemed, set free, fully and completely. The question we have to ask ourselves, do we just want to be healed? Do we just want to experience the benefits of God? Or do we want to be whole because we hang to the feet of Jesus every single time he gives us something great to celebrate? And I choose that position this morning. When I said, Jesus, let it never be about me and what I can get from you. Let it all be back to you and for your glory. Our gain is for the glory of God and for his kingdom. Our gain is not for ourselves. 
And every time we receive from Him, let it be a moment to put our praise up high again back to Him and praising and honoring Him for who He is. And here's the beauty of what Jesus does. Thanksgiving sends us right back to Jesus, the giver of more. That guy didn't go back thinking he's going to get more. He just went back and said, Jesus, I want to thank you for what you've done. And there in the presence of Jesus, Jesus said, you know what? While you're here, here's something more. And I thought about this. If we could be a people that get what Jesus has for us and come back with thanksgiving, he probably has something more for us. And then he gives us something. We come back with thanksgiving. He's probably got another breakthrough for you. And if we go out and we come back and say, thank you, Jesus, I've been praying for my child and you've done something. He says, you know what, I've got something greater for you. And then this morning I had the revelation as I walked in here. That's why Psalm 100 is so key. So we enter his courts, the courts of the king, the throne room of God with thanksgiving in our hearts because he's sitting ready to give us something more and something else and something that we didn't expect because that's the Jesus we serve. And this morning, we're going to respond and I hope that you can do so in your heart by saying, Jesus, I forget everything you've done for me for my sake. You've done incredible stuff. I just want to come right back to you. I don't want to just say, thank goodness this year is over. I want to say, Jesus, the best place to be at the end of this year is right back at your feet again because you are not done with me. There's still so much you want to do. Maybe this morning you've been standing afar and you've been holding on to come to Jesus because you felt unclean. There's an opportunity for you this morning to come right to the feet of Jesus and say thank you that he is ready to clean you. So this morning, let's stand and conclude and give thanks to God alone. Understanding that this return of thanksgiving in the glorious riches of Christ never has to end. Saying God into this season of December where we do rest, we want to come back right to your feet every single time because you still want to do stuff in my, in my life. You still want to speak to me on your watch. First of January is going to hit and it's going to be exactly the same because you stand outside of time. So I want to come right back to you, Jesus. 